A trusted voice of truth and light. The narratives that mislead most of us aren't outright lies. They're the deliberate omission of facts that could give us a more complete picture. And a rally point for those who've accepted the reality that they are not sheep. The world needs your leadership. And the essence of leadership is using your influence wisely wherever you happen to be standing. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Well, hello there, and welcome to the show. I hope you've come prepared to uh, to think, not to agree. You notice there's a distinction I'm making here. Uh, the, what we talk about on this program is is never calculated to just, to just be your talking points. Okay, you don't need somebody. You don't certainly not me telling you here's what to think. You know, it's all this is all pre-chewed and everything for you. Just take a spoonful, and you know, I trust you to make up your own mind. And and I'm finding this is a little bit of an oddity. There are a lot of media sources out there that will, no, 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 we're going to tell you what you're supposed to think and what you're supposed to believe. Bottom line, this is a difficult time for people to know what to believe. I think it would be safe to say we live in a time of truth deficiency. Overcoming that is going to take some skills. And I have a guest joining me right now who is uh, very uniquely qualified to talk about the kind of skills to live and even to prosper in times of uh, truth deficiency. Welcome, Dr. Shannon Brooks, uh, back to the show. Shannon is the founder of uh, Monticello College, and, uh, man, it's great to catch up with you again. Yeah, Brian, how are you doing? You know, I'm good. I'm I'm staying busy like everybody else, you know, trying to trying to burn the candle at both ends. And, Shannon, as much as my, my senses tell me that uh, there's a lot of stuff that's very unstable in our world today, um, I'm grateful that I have the chance to talk and associate with people like you because there are some things that uh, that are, how can I put this, proven, you know, time proven. They've stood the test of time. There are principles, there are ideals, but they're largely uh, forgotten or, or they're not emphasized in American society today. In fact, maybe some people, Shannon, might make the, the, the argument that part of the decline that we're witnessing in our culture is uh, directly related to our distancing ourselves from things we once once understood foundationally. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. You know, um, and when you suggested that we we talk about this topic, which of course is is my livelihood, um, it, it reminded me of the uh, of of the quote by Mortimer Adler. Um, you remember Adler was one of those behind the great books, the production of, of the great books from at a University of Chicago. He said, training in the liberal arts is indispensable to making free men out of children. It prepares them for the uses of freedom, the proper employment of free time, and the exercise of political power. It prepares them for leisure and for citizenship. I love it. I, I, I find I find this quote as uh, almost almost diametrically opposed to what we see education today, with the, the purposes of education today. I don't believe it. I don't believe that you could find too many teachers or educational systems that would agree with that statement today. Um, th- there's other things that we're using education for, but it's certainly not uh, preparation for for leisure, for proper exercise of free time and, and you know citizenship political power I, I i don't see it as as designed to accomplish those things today and and yet one of the greatest uh, pieces of evidence at least to me is you look around at the the people who are simply waiting for someone to tell them what to do They're, they actually almost prefer being ordered around and that's not how a person who is is capable 
of of living as a as a free person as you know being prepared for uh, good times bad times how to how to be a good citizen how to use their time wisely how to here's another way to put it how to have an impact on the world this is something you're very intimately acquainted with because um, you are the founder of Monticello College this is one of the few places I mean there are others out there but there aren't a lot of places where a person can get a true classical liberal arts education how do you help people understand the value in what uh, so many people aren't getting these days don't even know they're missing well yeah you know i think there's two ways one you know you get them on site and you expose them to it and even then they don't understand probably how valuable it is until they leave go out into the world and then realize oh look what i have compared to what i'm who i'm dealing with and what they have right um, but the other side of it, which is very, very sad, um, but unfortunately, historically, it, it seems to be the trend. And that is you don't you don't really truly value this kind of thing until after you've lost it until you until you no longer have the opportunity to engage in it, uh, to, to use it. And then you wish you had it. Um, but, but by then, of course, you're in a different part of the cycle and you're going to have to cycle all the way through before you had another, another chance to engage in that kind of education reminds me of a book um, recently by um, Helen Raleigh. She's a, she's, she's Chinese, grew grew up in communist China, now lives in the United States. She wrote a book called um, uh, Confucius Never Said. And she just does, in the beginning of the book, compares what Chinese society was like uh, built around the, the, the principles of, of Confucianism. And, and then, and then what um, what Mao did and, and the, the, the Chinese regime uh, under communism did to the principles of Confucius and how that changed society. And a big portion of that was um, education in all, all of its facets. I've got, you know, five different basic elements of a liber, what we call liber education. The first, of course, is the liberal arts. Um, the second is what we call humanities. The third, what we call manual arts. The fourth element is the, an abundance mentality, the idea of being a producer, which is almost completely d- devoid in this country. And then um, w- what we've uh, titled as practical spirituality. Those five elements give you an education like the American founders had, an education that has always led to liberty, always led to to, to independence and uh, small small governments involved in your life because you're independent, you're, you're not looking to government for those things. W- without these five elements, you end up with um, a very different kind of culture and result. So when did these things fall out of favor? Um, the, the best we can tell from research, it started really um, probably about the 1960s. 1960s, 1970s, um, you saw a real, it's definitely by the 1980s, you saw a real shift um, of government getting involved in people's lives, um, especially at the federal level. Um, real shift, of course, that, you know, in the 80s is, is 50 years ago. So it, it's been going on for some time, but it was, uh, you know, when we were kids, um, a lot less involvement government-wise um, than now. But, of course, government education has changed considerably in that period of time. So I, I would say at least over the last 50 years. And it's as crazy as it sounds. I know this isn't a priority for some people, um, 
the idea of, well, yeah, you know, maybe I want to know the skills that'll that'll not only um, help me earn a living, but also make me free. Uh, seems like most of the emphasis today is simply on I just need to get a job so that someone can pay me a paycheck uh, for for working for them. And I, you know, I don't know. I see us entering times right now, Shannon, where um, people who are dependent upon someone else to be their employer and to pay them um, are going to be wishing that they had something more uh, to 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 turn to. Uh, you know, assuming that we start to see a financial reckoning with all the spending and so forth that's been going on. Right. You know, uh, Hilar Bilok uh, wrote a book over 100 years ago called uh, The Servile State. And and this book covers the history basically from the fall of Rome until um, until the Industrial Revolution, um, basically. And and he, he it's really interesting because he points out and if you do any re- research at all, right at the end of the, the, the fall of Rome, um, we were very similar uh, th- then as we are now, H- humanity um, uh, under Rome, there were a lot of public uh, welfare programs going on, that kind of thing. And then that all just went away. Right. And then you go into the to the, 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 the medieval period of the Dark Ages. And and um, you find that what what happened during that time that actually was a positive, uh, especially for those who were slaves, was you went back to basics. You went back to the idea of means of production. You went back to the idea of here's natural resources, here's your labor, uh, you've got some capital, uh, produce or die. Um, we saw the same thing in Jamestown, right? They, they tried to in, implement Christian communism, didn't work, and so they basically said, here's a bag of seed, there's some land, whatever you produce, you get to keep, and uh, that did work well. And we seem to have to learn this lesson over and over and over again historically. We're at a point now, again, as you just pointed out, that um, virtually— uh, the, the, the society as a whole virtually has no idea how to protect themselves, how to take care of themselves, how to provide for themselves, other than being dependent on someone else or the government. And historically, that has not gone well over and over and over again. And I I foresee uh, some difficult times ahead because of that. And like history, you know, we'll figure it out. Uh, but there's going to be some real hard times for those who, who uh, are completely dependent on the system. Okay, hold that thought, Shannon. We're going to take a very quick break. Dr. Shannon Brooks from Monticello College is my guest, and we'll continue our discussion of liberal arts education and why it really should be on your radar screen coming up after these messages. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Sebastian Gorka here. Maybe you've been hearing about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that helps a person's body deal with inflammation and pain. You've heard all the wonderful testimonials. Well, I have my own testimonial. For many years, my lower back pain was becoming a serious problem. The short story is, I finally gave it a try, and now I'm out of pain too. So if you're in pain, you can order the three-week quick start for just 19.95. Go to relieffactor.com. 
Hi, this is Dennis Prager, and we just launched a new PragerTopia membership called PragerTopia Unlimited. Members can listen to any and all audio programs that are in the Dennis Prager store. That's over 400 programs to choose from, show segments, talks, lectures, courses, even full access to all five books of my Torah teaching. For a limited time, an annual PragerTopia Unlimited membership is only $119. Join PragerTopia Unlimited today. Go to PragerTopia.com. Pure Light has invented a new type of LED light bulb that makes all other light bulbs obsolete. This new type of LED bulb acts like a $1,000 air purification system, only better. Put this light bulb in, turn it on, and within minutes it starts cleaning and purifying the air and the surfaces around it. Um, I have a stinky dog, and so I put the four bulbs in within 24 hours. I could tolerate it, and then when I turn the lights on in the morning, I went back 20 minutes later, nothing, no smell. The Pure Light LED light bulb performs seven functions besides providing light, including cleaning the air of all types of odors, any kind of smoke, of eliminating mold and eliminating deadly germs like salmonella, E. coli, even flesh-eating bacteria. My kids who are grown up say our house smells like old people house. And so I put bulbs in the hallway and my uh, kids from Florida came last week and said, man, the house smells great. See for yourself at pure-light.com. That's pure-light.com. It's the next generation of light. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800-406-0046. That's 800-406-0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc., 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation, Maryland DM 1492, Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation, Commission License Number DC83. Service may adversely affect the individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. I have Dr. Shannon Brooks with me from Monticello College. In interest of full disclosure, Monticello College is one of the sponsors of this program. And there's there's great purpose behind me introducing you to Dr. Brooks and introducing you to this idea of a, of a liber education. And Shannon, I can speak from, from nothing other than personal experience in that uh, my life changed dramatically when I was introduced to Liber education. Uh, I believe it was by you, and I think it was probably pretty close to 20 years ago. And once I understood that there was something more than simply go to school, get a degree, get a job, punch the time clock, you know, retire, acquire things. When I realized there was there was actually something more to uh, what education is and, and that purpose that, that uh, comes behind it, um, well, I could let's just say I couldn't go back. I couldn't close my eyes. I knew I had to do something different, and it set me on an entirely different life trajectory, uh, one that I won't say was necessarily easier, but I think that's one of the points of a classical liberal arts education. There's, there's a price that has to be paid before you can truly um, you know, cr- uh, claim ownership 
of, of a particular knowledge or discipline of self. Why does a person need to consider that liberal arts education? What's in it for them outside of the, well, this degree might, uh, or even if they you know, don't have a degree, this knowledge is going to make you lots of money. What is there to consider besides that financial angle? You know, that's a really great question. And uh, I, I've, I've come to see it th- this way. Um, we, we've all grown up believing that, look, you're supposed to get a job, work for a corporation, get a mortgage, get a car payment, you know, do it. This is how you do it in America. This is how you get ahead. Turns out that's not true. Um, there are a few people that maybe get ahead that way. The vast majority of Americans don't get away, don't get ahead that way. And the reason they don't get ahead is because they've walked away from the educational system and a, a culture that we used to teach here, which we now call library education, the liberal arts, the manual arts, all that, that did was designed to make you independent. Um, and, and this was the goal of education from the Greeks and the Romans, from the beginning of Western civilization. Become an independent person, own property, have money, have savings, um, learn how to read and write really well so that you can engage in legislation, you can engage in the courts, you can protect your property, um, you, you can protect yourself and in, in, in society. That's what was done for over 2,000 years pushing 3,000 years now with the Greek and Roman background of Western civilization. In the last 100 years, we Americans have, been, have walked away from that. As a country, for almost 400 years, that was what, or for, for almost 300 years, that's what was taught here. It's the last 100 years that we've left that approach to education and a culture supported by that and, and promoting that um, to what we have now, where we, where we have you know, we, we have the haves and we have the we have the have nots that Tocqueville, when he came here in 1830, said one of the things that distinguishes America from the rest of the world is that they have a huge middle class. Historically, it's always a few rich and everybody else is poor. And in America, it was very different. You have rich, you have poor, but you have this huge middle class. What's shrinking in the last 20 years in this country? The middle class, because we've left that mentality. Well, and noting that uh, these shifts have taken place is not the same thing as admitting defeat, because there have been other times in human history where uh, civilizations have either declined or just gone through very challenging, difficult periods. Um, We're not unique in that sense. But, uh, Shannon, for the people who who, um, build, the people who hold things together when uh, nations or societies go through extremely trying times— Talk to me about the things that those kind of people must know if they're to contribute in a positive way, as opposed to just, you know, just being a a conquering force going out there and and, uh, bending people to their will. You know, I I had a a, a discussion with with Larry Abraham years and years and years ago uh, and and, and got some of the stuff that, that he taught. And one of the things that he identified was was this formula that that showed you the difference between communist countries at the time he was using China as an example and um, and capitalist countries countries that engage more in in, in you know uh, entrepreneurship and and the idea of tools and ideas and and he used Japan and China as the example Japan has almost no arable land. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it has very little natural resources compared to China, 
yet the the uh, um, annual income of of a Chinese family compared to a Japanese family was was night and day. And the difference that he identified was the idea of entrepreneurship, the idea of tools, the idea of ideas and creativity. That's what comes out of this kind of education. That's the part that when you hit rough times, because you know every civilization. Even if you're a completely capitalist country, you're still going to have ups and downs. It's the people that have this creativity, the people that have this entrepreneurial mentality, this idea of, I'm not looking for anyone else to fix this. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to get get together with other people and we're going to fix this. When you have that and, and you're in a position to benefit from uh, the 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 – the, the things that come out of it, the, the, the positive results of that, you get the benefit from that. That is the primary difference, and we've lost that because we don't teach that anymore. It's almost entirely gone. In fact, you talk to most people who work for corporate America or who have a job somewhere, and you say entrepreneur, and they'll laugh you out of Dodge because they think entrepreneurs are stupid. Um, they think entrepreneurs are just you know crazy, risk-taking people when, in fact, they're the lifeblood of our nation. I think it's very telling that right now, even at the federal level, there is an attempt to try to bring what uh, what are known as freelance or uh, gig economy workers under greater regulation. And, and this is, of course, being sold in the name of, well, you know, we're doing this to protect the worker, make it easier for him to unionize and so forth. And it's it's done with the premise that nobody would really want to be out there being an entrepreneur, doing their own thing. And so government's looking for a way to tax them more and control them more and force, you know, those who hire contractors to treat them as employees, which, you know, will carry its own negative consequences. Uh, Shannon, let's take yeah. two, let's take two minutes and talk about your school. We're, we're, we're going to hit the end of the segment here um, way too soon. Okay. But tell me about Monticello College. Who is this for? Um, I mean, is there is there a limit to to where you want your student body to be? Is this open to people of all ages who are determined? I want that classical liberal arts education. Yes, we we have um, a, a program, a month long program for for younger people, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, and there. Um, if you're looking for full time, then you know you got to figure about eighteen. It's state requirement, um, but yeah. We th- this is a program designed for people who want to develop that natural entrepreneurial spirit that they already have or they want to be exposed to it. It's also designed to get you back to basics. Um, if, if you want to eat meat on campus, it's great. It's right out there in the barn. Go down there, harvest it, and cook it. If you want, uh, you know, I have a student who's coming here this month or ne- next month. He wants to, to raise chickens. Uh, he's got a market up north. Uh, to pay for his tuition. So he's going to come down and run his chicken operation while he's going to school. Um, if you want to to uh, get a classical, strong classical education, uh, liberal arts education, it's a great spot to come. We study about 30, 35 hours a week with classes and in personal study. It's for those who really want to get a strong education and those who want to be independent and know how to work and understand the basics of of uh, all aspects of the economy, of culture, of literature, all those things come and put the hard work in, pay the price, and you'll walk out of here a real American. I love it. Tell, tell them where to find your website. Yeah, MonticelloCollege.org, MonticelloCollege.org. Okay, it's a beautiful website. 
And, and by the way, you'll get a very good feel for who they are and what they're about um, simply by, by visiting that site. Shannon, thank you so much. I wish you all the best. Let's talk again soon. Thanks, Brian. Sure appreciate it. This is The Brian Hyde Show.